great to be back. Thanks to all the guys at Bruce, Hardy and Kathy and everybody. I had some five weeks break, so it's been fantastic. I woke up this morning so no nauseous and nervous that I'm back in breach again. I actually enjoyed the time of resting and staying at home, just chilling and not having, you know, to get up here. But it's what I love to do. And um, so I just want to share a message with you this morning. And uh, we're going to pray afterwards for some people. I spoke, I, I talked my message destiny this morning. <coughs> but even as I woke up this morning, um, I just woke up with the word that I believe God gave me. Just, and just said, the word was simple, just said flow. Just flow. And I, I don't really understand it, but I will get there probably during the service. But I just need to share that with you this morning. But um, I took the month of August really off just to really say, God, we are we in this, in this world. And I think Jared said it so well this morning where he said sometimes God needs to rip, you know, our plans up for us to move forward in what he, what he, what he has for us and what he wants to do. And I think I've been in August two weeks ago, I've been 55. So don't worry, there's a lot of midlife crisis I went through. But um, I got to that age and uh, I was able to speak to Shame the Edge of the Ledge guys another day as well. But I said to them, and I, and I think I've shared this once or twice with you guys, that uh, as I turned that age, I realized that, that two thirds of my life had gone. Like two thirds of my life was gone. I'd lived probably the majority of my life already. I probably had a third of it, I've got a third of it left, you know. I said 15 on the journey, he said no, another 25, so I took that, you know, another 25 would be great. I don't know what I look like at 80, because I look fantastic at 55. But I just thought about, and I think many of us need to reflect this, moment, this, this morning, where we are in our lives. You know, do you think when I look back at the 55 years that, that I've lived, I mean, you know, 20, 25 of them was, or 20 of them was really living in the world. The last 23 of them, yes, serving God. But even in the thing of serving God, and even in the situation that we find ourselves in often, there's times when we need to revisit, because I think so often we get this, <coughs> this, this plan, this idea, this uh, vision in our minds. And even though at times the vision isn't really working out, we continue in it because it's all we know. We, we just continue living this life because you think, well, this is it. And, you know, I've lived like this for so many years and what it is that God is doing. And one of my favorite scriptures, and I've preached this so many times, but I, you all know the scripture, but I'm going to pick out one or two pieces this morning. It's found in Ecclesiastes. And um, I just want to touch on that and one or two other ones. But Ecclesiastes 3 says the most incredible thing, and we've all, we've all read the scripture so many times. But, but we, do we hear what the word of God is saying to us? Because Ecclesiastes 3 starts like this, and it says, there is a time to be born, and there is a time to die. He said there is a time to plant and there is a time to pluck up that which has been planted. There is a time to kill and there is a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to gain and a time to lose. A time to keep 
a time to throw away, a time to tear down, a time to sow, a time to be silent, a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, a time of war, <coughs> and a time of peace. And I love this scripture because it says that there is a season to everything under the sun, but not just a season, that really is a beginning and there is an end to every season. That's just not, we're going to live forever. There's going to come a time where you and I are going to die, whether we like it or not. There's going to come a time in your life where you and I walk in absolute peace, but then there's times where we walk in absolute war, where we walk in absolute joy, and there's times where we'll walk in absolute brokenness, but it's not a permanent thing. It is not a permanent thing. And for many of us just coming through, you know, we had all these goals and visions and plans and I think COVID just messed us up for two, two years of our lives. And I think some of us still don't even remember what happened in COVID kind of thing. But everything changed. Whether you know I like it or not, churches changed, people changed, our lives changed, marriages changed, relationships changed. Some made it, some didn't. Some were stronger, some were weaker. But there was a season to it. And there's a season right now where it's, you know, we're gathering stones in the sense. When many of us are trying to say, Father, what is it that you, that you desire of me? What is your desire of my life? Because I really don't believe that, that we're just going to be on this earth forever. I believe he's soon to return. But I've, I've got this one thing that I said to God. And I, I went to the farm for 10 days. And every day there was this mountain behind us. And we climbed up that mountain. <coughs> every single morning. And I gave my quiet time on this mountain. Just overlooking everything. And the last day I, I got up there and I just <coughs> prayed for the last time and I said this to God, as I was walking down, I will finish strong. I will finish strong. It doesn't matter what we've endured. It doesn't matter what we're going to go through. These last, this last season of my life will be the best season of my life. The next season of my life, I will win next season of my life, I will endure, and I will gather, and I will cast away stones, whatever it takes, but this is it, you see the word carries on in that scripture, and it says verse 9, it says, what profit has the worker from which he labors, listen to this, verse 10, I love it, it says, I've seen the God-given task, underline there, the God-given task, with which sons of men are to be occupied. Who's ever read that? That there's a God-given task that God needs you to occupy right now, a space in history, a space in time that God needs you to occupy. And I want to ask you this morning, are you occupying your God-given space? The place that God has created for you. That moment in time where God wants to pour out everything that He has into your life. That moment in time where He wants to stick His hand down and pull you out of the Maori clay. That season where He wants to just anoint you to do greater things than He ever did. But you see, you're only going to walk in the favor and the anointing and the blessing of God when you start to occupy that space. <sighs> and many of us aren't occupying our space. Many of us don't even know what God has called us. What is the purpose for my life? What is the plans that God has for me? <coughs> Sorry. 
<coughs> but he goes on and says this. He has made, listen to this, he has made everything beautiful in its time. And also he's put enmity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the works that God has from the beginning to the end. Listen to me. God says that I know when you're going to be born and I know when you're going to die. And the question I'm going to throw to you this morning is this. That if you knew when you were going to die, how different you last week today? If God turned around and said, Johnny Sonia, you will live to the ripe age of 90. Or you say to you, what, you know what, you've got another year left. Or maybe you've got six months left. How different would your life be? Things happen. Nobody lives forever. We're going to lose loved ones. We're going to meet new loved ones. We're going to go through our ups and our downs. In months we've got money and months we've got no money. But how different would your life be if I could give you the expiry date in your life today? What would you change? What would you change? Because many of us, you see, we find ourselves just moseying through life. We're in a place right now where you know something, we just, well, you know, we're just content with where we are. We're just content with what it is that God wants to do in and through our lives. But we're just content just to attend, to attend church and just do the normal stuff. But if I had to tell you that there's greatness inside of you, if I had to tell you that the space that you need to occupy is very simple, how does it go? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. And the Great Commission follows that and says the space you need to occupy is this, and go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. God is not going to support you to be a director of a company. And maybe that's your, your side occupation. But that's not what you should be occupied with. You see, before you're a CEO, before you're a CFO, or before you're a pastor, you're a child of God. And more than being a child of God, you're a disciple of the King. And His purpose and His plan comes first in your life. You see, we get it the other way around. You know, we want to work and kill ourselves at work that we can live nice on earth and then we're going to live a terrible life after earth. Or we can find out what is the main thing right now and walk in the purpose and the plan and the calling that God has to become a disciple and serve Him faithfully and start to do what God has called us to do and be and love our neighbors and love our friends and love those around us. That's where it starts. For God so loved that He gave. That's all He asks for us, to love and to be able to give people the good news of Jesus. Let me tell you something, a church that doesn't evangelize is a toothless monster. She just gets fat. You see, Ephesians 2.10 says a very simple thing to us. And it says this, read from verse 8, it says, For by grace, God's favor, God's choice, God's gift, all right, you have been saved through faith that you are, that, that not of yourselves, it was a gift from God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Listen to this. For we are God's 
workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which he had prepared or predestined beforehand that we should walk in them. So let's speak about destiny. Let's speak about destiny. Chantal um, read on my cave two weeks ago. We were watching, you know, the Springboks in the New Zealand play. Last couple of minutes, you know, I'm like freaking out because we're losing again. At least when the fight against the end of the so I was good. <laughs> and uh, the New Zealand team got over and they scored that final try. So Tal looks at me and goes, isn't this exciting? <laughs> now, I don't know if I'm doing it, but it's very carefully what's going to be good. <laughs> she said, isn't this exciting? So I'm like, what? She goes, don't think about it. It's their destiny. It's their destiny. They needed to lose today because it's part of God's plan for them. And I'm like, what? <laughs> God's plan for South Africa is to prosper and to win all the time. <laughs> but I realized what she said in that moment. Because her and I and, and, and our family had been through some crazy stuff over the last month. You know, when you, when you take a sabbatical, it's like the devil just moves in. You know, before you even know it, he's like living in your lounge kind of a thing. And next minute you start doubting and things are going wrong and you're praying and, you know, you're praying for one thing and the opposite happens. You know what I'm talking about? You know, everything just happens the opposite way around. And Shani, her great words of wisdom once again says to me about a week ago, we, we're just dealing with some stuff. And she says to me, what is faith? She said to me, basically, she says, I've come to the place first that I pray. And whatever happens, I believe it's God's will. My mind changed like this. My anxiety lifted, my stress lifted. The thing that I think I could do. You see, the problem is this, is that when we pray, is that we try and persuade God to do things our way. So, so when he does it our way, then we think, okay, he's answered prayer. Who knows that our ways are not his ways? And who knows that our ways often suck? Now, think about this. If God had to give you everything you've prayed for, where would you be? I thank God that he doesn't answer all my prayers. Because sometimes we pray out of anxiety, we pray out of stress, we pray out of a bad place, we, you know what I mean? Because why? We just want our lives to be better and He wants to make our lives easy. But the problem is He said, this walk would not be easy. You see, because you never learn anything in the easy. You learn things in the hard. You learn things in the valley. You learn things when, when things go wrong. You learn how to handle it. And some of us go through the same thing over and over and over again. Why? Because we think something's going to change. Remember that phrase? What the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result? That's us. You know, if we need something now, we're going to fast. So we're not really fasting. It's the daddy out of this Say what you want. We want to force God to fall. We want to force God's hand. It's another thing when you fast and say, somebody says, oh, well, I'm fasting into my finances. No, no, no. You need to be tithing. Never mind fasting into your finances. That's how things work.
But you see, we often go on this fast because we want to convince God that we want Him to do certain things our way. And then you get to this place where you've got to start to realize that He's going to, what does the scripture say? He has predestined for us in Christ Jesus. You know what that means? That means that there's a life outside of Christ destined that He hasn't pre- Christ that He hasn't predestined for us. You see, often say, "Yeah, but do we believe in this predestined stuff?" I, listen, listen to me carefully. There's a life that we live outside of Christ that is called free will. Where you and I do what we want to, and we justify our behavior constantly. Then the word says that He is predestined for us in Christ, good works. What does that mean? That means that when we are in Christ, we will be guided by His Spirit to fulfill the purpose and the plan and the calling of God upon our lives. That is what predestined means. The Word of God says that from the foundation of the earth, He knew you by name. Jeremiah 29, For I know the plans I have for you. This is a God that wants to pour out His abundance upon your life. But how much time do you and I really have left? What happens if the trumpet's going to sound tomorrow? What happens? Where will your life be? You see, my biggest fear, my biggest, biggest fear that I have in life is this, is that I'm going to reach those pearly gates one day and meet my Savior. And you know what? He's going to say, and I've said this so many times before, he's going to say, this is what I had for you. And this is what you did. I've still got dreams. I've got a lot of dreams. I've got a lot of goals I still want to achieve. And you know, we've never reached them. We're never going to be the place where we're the perfect father or the perfect husband. We're never going to get to the place where we please everyone or we're the perfect pastor. We're never going to get there. But it doesn't mean we give up. You see, because if I'm better tomorrow than what I am today, I've moved forward. But if I read one more verse tomorrow than I read today, I've progressed. That if I pray 30 seconds longer to the tomorrow than I did today, something goes. You see, we want everything in this package. Chantal spoke the other day, and it was so cool because she had this really bad teeth. She couldn't eat anything. So she got the big food hamper from a lady when she spoke and watches biscuits and chocolates and bulldog and balls. Of course, she had a mouth like she could eat. I could help myself. But but often, this is us. We want this big package just to be dropped on our lap. And we just want to gorge ourselves on it. And we don't understand that it's step by step, day by day, minute by minute, that God wants to do incredible things in your life and in my life. I really have to think about this. How much time have I got left? How much time have I got left? How many dreams do I still have inside of me? How much hope do I still have inside of me? How much vision do I still have inside? Because there's still so much we want to achieve. There's still so much we want to do in this church, and we're building enthusiasm, and that's exciting for me right now because you know it's like I think by the time that place is finished, I'm going to retire. You know what I mean? But I'm excited about that. I'm excited about what God is doing in the life of the church. But more than that, I'm excited about what God is doing in my life. But it doesn't cost you; it costs me. And maybe, yes, I've got 15 years, or maybe I've got 20 years. I don't know. But I want to finish strong. 
I want to finish. Then when God just says, come in, good and faithful servant. You know, just come in and, and just allow me just to speak over you. You know, Romans 8, uh, Romans 8.31. Um, yeah, Romans 8.31 from verse 28. And we know the scripture, right? But it says this. It says, and we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God. Together for those who love God, sorry. To those who are called according to his purpose. For whom he is for, for he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn amongst many brethren. And moreover, whom he has predestined, these he also called. Whom he has called, these he has also justified. And whom he has justified, he has also glorified. He's speaking about you. He's speaking about you. That glorification and justification and forgiveness. He's speaking about you. And you can sit in this church the next two years. You can come on a Sunday. And you can sing a few songs. You can listen to a sermon. You can leave. Church is not going to change you. A sermon is not going to change you. Worship is not going to change you. Having coffee is not going to change you. The only thing that's going to change you is Jesus. And you've got to spend time in His presence. You've got to find out what His purpose is for you. And what His will is for you. And you're going to say, oh good, but I want full No, no, no. I don't need any more full-time workers. What I need to be you, for you to be, is the best Christian you can be wherever you are right now. I don't believe, I don't care if you're working for someone from another nationality or another belief system or whatever. I just need you to be the best version of you right now. You see, when things get tough, we run. And then we pray for easier stuff. We want God to give us easier. Oh God, give me a job for the Christian that, that is so anointed, you know, Father, that pays me this massive salary, that never shouts at me. I just want this perfect boss. Then you've got to come work for the church with me. <laughs> I make that <laughs> But do you really want that? Or is that just going to make it easier for you? What does God say? What does God say? What does God say? Do you see, I learned this lesson in the last two weeks. I was praying into a situation and praying and praying and praying. And like I said, the more I prayed, like the opposite was happening the whole time, you know. The, the, I prayed for things to be better and it just got worse. And I'm sitting there with anxiety, you know, and I'm like stressed out, I'm like, how's it gonna work it? How's it gonna fall? How's whatever? How's this all gonna fall into place? And this thing just kept lingering and lingering and lingering and lingering and lingering. It just, it got worse and it just got worse and it got worse. And the more I'm praying, it got worse. And then Shantel says those words to me. Have you ever thought about just praying God's will? And whatever happens in this world? Let me tell you something. In that moment, in that moment, and, and I, before I even just get there, I want to read... Just before I even get to that, Philip, let's turn to Philip. Well, if you're around there, Philippians 4. Anyone read Philippians 4? Oh, this Colossians gone too far. Philippians 4, verse 8. 
It says this. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate on the things that are good. Verse 4 above that says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all at hand. Be anxious for nothing. Listen. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Listen. And the peace of God, that's a possible understanding, understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So the word says very simply, it says, be anxious in nothing. But in all things, commit our way to God. How do you know we're praying right? The word of God says, and the peace of God that's past all understanding will flood your heart, your mind, and your soul. How do you pray in God's will? When you have peace. Amen. When you don't have peace, you're not praying God's will. That's the anxiety and stress that comes in. So I'm sitting on the bed, and Chantal shares his notes of wisdom with me. And in that moment, I'm never, it's a Tuesday, it's a Tuesday night. I've been struggling with something for three weeks already. She says to me, Kurt, stop stressing about this. I've told you, I've just prayed God's will, whatever happens, happens. Stop. So I said, well, you know, it sounds like a plan. And so, 23 years of ministry, I've got to learn from my wife. It's ridiculous. But anyway. <laughs> and in that moment, I say this with the Father, into your hands I commit this situation. Uh, you know, when I cast my burden to you, and Lord, I'm saying to you right now, that whatever the outcome is, I'm okay with it. And you know what happens next minute? That peace, that just hits me. Just, just absolutely the anxiety, the stress, the nausea, the headache, giving you just, and I'm wow, this is amazing, this guy. Wow, why didn't I do this a long time ago, kind of thing. The next morning I get a phone call. That situation is completely resolved almost. Completely. You see, so often we pray for God to do something in other people's lives. Listen to me. And often He doesn't give them the breakthrough because we need it first. He's still got them in the palm of His hand. Nothing bad is going to happen. But the situation comes like leader and linger until dad gets a revelation of what needs to be done in his family. And not that our dad needs to control his family, dad needs to hand his family over to the Lord and allow him to do what needs to be done in your life. Then you get the peace of God. That's the possible understanding that floods your heart, your mind, and your soul. And many of you are sitting here today. You're giving your life to God. Maybe you've walked away from God. Maybe you serve God faithfully as a young girl. Maybe you still got your little white Bible. I don't know why I'm saying it to somebody. With your little name in it. That you got from Sunday school because you knew three verses or whatever. And sometimes that's your only connection to God. And you've doubted your relationship with God. You've doubted your relationship with those around you. Let me tell you something, eh? Not for one second do I believe that anybody walked into this church this morning by accident. Yeah. 
that you're walking here. Because God wants to do something defining in your life. You see, there's far too much anxiety amongst us believers. There's far too much stress. There's far too much our own will this morning and not His will. There are far too many prayers that will benefit us but not the kingdom. There's too many prayers that God, we want God to answer something because we want to feel better. And yet we don't understand when we, what the word of God says. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, the things that he knows that are best for you, shall be added unto you. Now we, now we put the cart in front of the hostel and we want the things but we don't want him. We want the benefits of being a Christian, but we don't want to go through the process of what a believer needs to go through. We want the benefits in our finances of being a Christian, but we haven't got enough faith to trust him for a tire. It's crazy. We want God to give us a new house, and we pray for a new house. But you're not prepared to take impacts of groceries to church on a Sunday. You see, we become a people that are needy. And it's all about me. I want to understand this stuff. I want church to go like this. I don't like the way the pastor does this. I don't like the way the worship team does this. I don't like, I'm going to leave. Bye. Bye. You see, because it's not about what you want. See, this is not your house. This is his house. Amen. And what he wants, he will establish. And let me tell you something. Even he needs to remove me out of the picture, he will. But this house shall be called the house of prayer. And you see, he says, and you've turned it into a den of robbers. You know what a robber does? A robber takes without giving. A robber takes without earning something. A robber takes which not, does not belong to him. And that's what we did. I mean, I'm sure you're going to McDonald's right now, or the two big Macs, you know, and go straight off the pavement, you know, just let you do the window and go, But we don't want to sacrifice. We don't want to spend time in prayer because we've got to answer something. We don't want to spend time in the Word to get to know Him better. We just want to put in the order, collect it at the window, and skip the whole pain window all the time. We don't want the valley. Yeah. We only want the mountains. You know, we've got the perfect marriage and the perfect kids and the perfect church and the perfect school and the perfect job. And what does God say? There's only one thing, that one person that is perfect, and that's Him. Amen. I've seen, I've seen the God given task with which men of God need to be occupied with. I don't know about you, but I'm finishing strong. I've got nothing to lose. I mean, I'm old. I can't find another wife. You know, my medical has gone through the roof. My bones are collapsing. My teeth are falling out. My hair's gone. You know, <laughs> what have I got to lose? I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to go for it. Because I know God's going to do great things. Just in my life, in your life. And I want you to just close your eyes where you are this morning. And I just want devil to come up. But I want you to think about this because, you see, it all starts with a very simple thing. 
and it starts to sound like, love the Lord your God. There's many of you this morning that have fallen out of love with God. You see, he's not a God indeed. He's a God in need. Because we want stuff. We want stuff. And let me tell you something. If you want God to break through in your life, you have to become the breakthrough in your life. There's many that need to go live right with God this morning. There's many of us that have doubted him and walked away. You know, we always speak about, you know, uh, uh, the, back, the backsliders. You know the backsliders, the guy that's haven't come to church. Let me tell you something. You can come to church and still be a backslider. When you slide out of the will of God, when you slide out of the word of God, when you slide out of that prayer time with God, it's the same thing. And I don't know about you this morning. Can, can we stand? Can we just stand this morning and just set your leg? You see, I don't want to just end this meeting. But I, I want to ask you this morning, do you know what season of your life you're in? You need to ask yourself the question this morning, why do we do the things that we do? Why do I pray into a certain way? Why do I just read the word or just my Facebook little post every day? What if God gives you a date this morning? The day where you will no longer exist. I often think of people that have been diagnosed with cancer. And recently we had a family member that that was diagnosed with cancer and she went in and they said, look, you've got no more than a year left. A week later she went in and they said to her, we've made a mistake, you've got no longer than three months left. She lived a week and she died. And that hit me. Because I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. But you know what? There's one thing I know of this. I don't want to end it like this. That in my life at the end today, I want to tell you, I don't want it to end like this. I don't want it to end with me and God not being in the same space. I don't want it to end with me not even reading the word of God. I don't want it to end with so many people around me that still need Jesus and still need great healing and miracles. If my life had to end right now, I want to say to you, I would be so disappointed because I've still got so much to give. But I also realize my time is running out. There's coming an end to a season in my life. And it might be 10, 15, 20 years, I don't know. I don't know. And that's the mystery of life. You don't know. You don't know. But there's one thing you've got to know, this. You need to be ready 24-7. You need to have Jesus. For the Lord God says, for God so loved the world that He gave. And let me tell you something, you're not entering the kingdom of heaven if your son is not in your heart. The word of God clearly says, no man, no woman, no child, no one comes to the Father except through me, Jesus said. 
And this is not a heavy, this is not what if you're going to walk up to church with a bus and get into you from where would you be? Yes, it is that question. But that's not what I'm saying. I'm reflecting on my own life this morning and I'm telling you that if I had to dial right now, I would be really unhappy. But I also want to ask you, if you had to dial right now, how would you be? Are you going to see the king? Or don't you know? Because let me tell you something, if you don't know if you're going to meet him, if you die today, then you need to do one thing very quickly this morning, and that's to put up your hand. And as you put up your hand, I want to pray for you. And if there's anybody this morning that wants to give their life to God, any person this morning that believes you just need to reconnect with God, just hold your hand up and I'm going to pray for you. Father, I, I pray in the name of Jesus right now. I know there's something that I shout aside and put up the hand, whatever it might be. But you see, Father, we're not going to be asked over and over and over again to repent. We either want to make that choice now or we don't. And for those that have made that choice this morning, I pray, Holy Spirit of God, that you would come upon them right now in the name of Jesus. That there we are right now. So we say, Father, just come into my life. I repent of my waywardness. I repent of doubting you. I ask that you come and be my father. And I pray that I be called a child of God. And I receive you as my king and my father today. In Jesus' name. Simple. just say this I I get this picture of a woman and I don't know if it was this morning or during the week and she saw you cutting stuff out of a magazine so it's quite weird because we probably don't do magazines anymore but if, if, if that was you I want to pray for you we'll be close to service I just come up and just let me pray for you Somebody else here that just um, almost like you woke up Saturday morning, yesterday morning, you're in a rash in your body somewhere. Um, I just see the rash clearly. And, and I want to pray for you. Sometimes the rash just for me, for God, a picture for me to tell you that God needs to tell you. If you're struggling, if you're struggling just to see what the future holds. We just don't know where you are with God or your work or whatever it is. We want to pray with you. We want to allow God to minister you. But Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you come this morning in Jesus' name. Father, may all our plans and all our ideas be submitted to you this morning. And Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you sort out the wheat and the chaff in our lives this morning. Lord, I pray that you remove the things that you no longer desire in our lives in the name of Jesus. And I pray that you keep the things that you so desire and multiply them in our lives. I pray that the addictions and the strongholds and the lying and the deception 
and all these kinds of things, idolatry, and that, that's in our lives. I pray, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would remove those things from our lives as we submit to you this morning. May we be a church on fire, not just a church on fire. May we just be a church that loves you with all of our hearts. And Father, as we go into this week, I pray that you bless us exceedingly abundantly more than we can ever imagine. I pray for that peace that's a possible understanding to flood our hearts, our minds, and our souls. It doesn't matter what we're facing this week. Father, if you are in control and you know the outcome, we will submit to that. But come and have your way in our lives, in our church this morning, in Jesus' name. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. Have a blessed day. Don't forget to come tonight. You don't want to miss.